Hi everyone, this is Nicole with Be More Savvy. I have Alex, my counterpart, who's here. Say hi, Alex. Hi, Alex. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> so he's here with Be More Savvy, and today our topic is mental health and finance. So, um, I don't know which one's worse. <laughs> see, he said he don't know which one is worse. So I guess we're going to go into that today. So today's episode is going to be, uh, you know, we're just going to go with the flow, talk about some ways that mental health and finance can contribute to our everyday life in a positive and negative way. Um, so stay tuned, and we're going to get into the meat of it with Alex and I, okay? Thank you. All right, so we're going to go over a couple of statistics that I read from Psychology Today, a website that really talks about the mental health and the psychology of how we work. And they have an article that discusses how mental health and our finances actually go hand in hand. Just a couple of statistics. Approximately 35% of Americans have delinquent debt, according to a 2004 report by the Urban Institute. The overdue debts average around $5,178 and usually include a mixture of credit card balances, medical bills, and unpaid utilities. Medical bills count as debts? Medical bills count as debt. And a lot of people have medical bill debt. And, you know, just from talking about those three forms of debt, credit card balances, medical bills, and unpaid, can form almost a sense of anxiety, you know, makes you really nervous because you're just thinking, how am I going to pay these? So, you know, with Be More Savvy, we're going to come up with a couple topics that's going to help us overcome that mental health piece. Um, But first, let's kind of just talk to Alex and see what he thinks so far. Do you have anything you want to talk about in regards to mental health and finances or how it triggers you or millennials or your, your beliefs about financial and mental health? So I think that it's a very broad question and it definitely differs person to person. Like mm-hmm. myself, I am constantly thinking about my finances. I'm constantly thinking about my budget mm-hmm. and you know, like we were talking about earlier, like I'm anxious, I'm the one that anxiously checks his bank account. Like it's Instagram or Facebook. Like yeah, it, me too. It, it's not good. I, I realize that like yeah. I'm 25. I don't think I should be waking up at two in the morning in a panic sweat thinking that I'm not saving enough to, for my 401k. But that's the truth of it. I that always feel truth. like I'm not working enough and it's, directly tied to the fact that my finances aren't where I want them to be. Yeah, and I, you're not the only one. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. And it, I mean, it's something that I think it affects everyone, but no one talks about it. Right. Like, no it, one does talk about it. No one does talk about it. Among my peers, we all go out, we all know that we all went to college, we all assume that we had student debt, but no one really, have, I've had it slip that some of my friends are in deep credit card debt. I know that some of my friends aren't making that much, but mm-hmm. nobody talks about it. Everyone goes about their days because we're all trying to, it feels like we're all trying to keep up this facade like we're on the same level. Right. And I think it, it burns us out inside. It does. So between what you're discussing and then social media playing a major factor of us comparing our lives to what we see other people and how they're living, we start to think, how are they making a living? How are they... How are they doing it? How are they doing it? How are they keeping that perfect perfect picture? Oh my God. Some of them are so pretty too, which makes it so much more upsetting. You know, even down to looking at the influencer. What's an influencer? Because if Wi-Fi was cut off and we had to live a daily life without any social media... How do you still get paid if you're an influencer? But every day, you know, we still got to find a way to make ends meet. You know, you set a perfect point. So imagine you're working, 
right? Mm-hmm. You have a job and you're still checking your bank account. Imagine all these young people that's in the inner cities that don't have a job, don't work, and depend on their parents, and their parents are struggling from point A to point B. You know, even down to the government shutdown. You know, a lot of people are. This is all triggering mental illness, and it's not really mental illness in itself. It is just certain um, symptoms such as suicidal thoughts or depression and anxiety that can actually hinder the household and hinder the youth or the millennial or generation X. All of us are going to be affected by how financial our financial goals and our checking accounts and savings accounts are are being managed today. And our goal is to just make sure that we find a balance. There's no such thing as perfect, but social media makes it seem like we have to be perfect. All the time. All the time. And I think that that's actually really important. There was, um, and I, I shared this with you, we had discussed it last week, which I think, at least for me, really sparked off this line of thought about how closely mental health is tied to finances. It's an article titled How Millennials Became the Burnout Generation by a Miss Anne Helen Peterson. You can find it on BuzzFeed News. Okay. Um, so, but the, the gist of the article, and it's something that still rings profound to me because it made me feel like I wasn't so alone. It goes into the idea of, you know, we're expected to be perfect all the time. We're expected to maintain these facades. Yeah. And really, as an entire generation, it burns us out. It does. Like, we work and we work and we work and we work and we go home and then we get anxious about not working. We get anxious that we're not making enough because we're constantly bombarded with these lives that we see that it's our peers, it's people our age, it's, God forbid, people younger than yes, us. Yes, it is, definitely. That are going on these insane trips, that are throwing money that's up true. in the air, that are that's talking true. about grinding at 2.30 in the morning. And that's all fine and good, but really, but then that sets us in a standard where, like, I work 40 hours a week. That should be a very standard time. I shouldn't go home and think that I need to work more. That's true. Because that's I'm true. not getting paid what I should be at a job that's supposed to maintain a that's lifestyle. That's true. That's 1,000% true. But we don't complain about getting paid less. That is 1,000% true. So we're going to go into a little bit more detail. We're going to take a break and go into detail that, you, you know, you made a really great point in regards of employment and what we should be getting paid to make sure that we have a decent salary to live a good life. See you shortly. All right, so everyone, I'm here back with Alex. Say hi. Hi. (laughs) And Alex had said something that was really, you know, uh, eye-catching and alarming to me. Let's talk about the correlation between perfection Perfection and finance. Is there such thing as being perfect in your finances? <laughs> no. Everyone tells me that too. Yeah. But I don't believe it. I always believe that there's going to be a number that makes me happy, a number that makes me feel comfortable backing away from work, a number that makes me feel like I've earned a vacation. Mm-hmm. But everyone in my life keeps hitting me with, it's never going to be enough. You're never going to be satisfied. No matter what it says in your checking account, if you've got this paranoia about your finances, it doesn't go away when the numbers get better. And I'm mm-hmm. slowly figuring that out. I'm getting better at saving. Mm-hmm. I nailed a budget. Mm-hmm. I'm putting away in my 401k regularly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm doing a lot better than I was, but I still have this very intense anxiety mm-hmm. about not being perfect in my finances. Like mm-hmm. I mentioned before, like yeah. I'm a sweaty dude when I go to sleep. Ask my girlfriend. It happens a lot. Yeah. But like it's it's these nightmares that I have about my finances. That's what gets me up. That's what makes me so anxious. Okay. 
is these weird fever dreams that I have about not being perfect enough or God forbid losing my job. Yeah. I mean, the everyone's the economy's taking a downturn. Yeah. Jobs are being laid off in the hundreds by mostly manufacturing companies, but now I'm thinking to myself, what if I got laid off? Right. I've never applied for unemployment, even though I would be eligible. Like I would still have a source of income, but I'm so just you're thinking. already making the plans about the what if. Yeah. Oh, exactly. It's all about the what ifs, and you solve one, and immediately it goes on to another. What if I trip over and I break my leg? How do I afford the hospital bill? Sure, I've right. got insurance, but. Can I really afford the $2,500 deductible right. before my insurance kicks in? And the big answer to that is no. Right, right. Absolutely And that's not. many, 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 if not thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of people that think the same way that you do in regards of a millennial. You know, when is enough finances? When is that special number going to be enough? And, you know, my opinion is, you said it already, it's never going to be enough. Uh, even though you have an idea on what, this is my a view, even though you have an idea of that set number, I mean, I'm even thinking about, you know, it was a shock for everybody when um, the CEO of Amazon is now divorcing, divorcing his wife. Mm-hmm. She has all, they have all this money. She's, he's the richest person in the world. And he also not only is the richest person, but his company is number one top in Forbes. But they have, they're getting a divorce. So it showed me from an outsider looking in that personally, money is not... How do we stop allowing money to be the a trigger to our mental health? You know, he has all the money in the world, but he's still getting divorced. And a divorce for many people is a downward spiral. Some people celebrate it, but it's after they get over that hump. So, you know, I think let's talk about, and I love the topics that you said. So what are some ways that you are... Um, overcoming those fears, those nightmares that you're having. What are you doing? What new tactics in 2019 are you looking to bring that's going to change how you think about finance, your finances and mental health? Have you thought about that? I have, and I think that the issue is that nothing that I've done, like now I'm budgeting. So now I know how much is coming in, how much is going out. Okay, good. That hasn't solved me being paranoid about how much I'm spending. Even Any though apps that you're using to budget? There are no apps. I'm using the Bank of America app okay. just because I find it really easy to go in there. It allows me to set a budget at the top of the month. As soon as I open the app, I scroll down, I see how much I've spent for the month, and it breaks it down by category. So if I'm going too heavily on dining out, it'll show me that. It'll let me know when I'm getting close to okay. my spending. Okay. So, in my mind, that's all down. But you actually brought something up. Like, how do we find the perfect number? Is there a perfect... Are we all striving for this carrot that doesn't exist? Right. I think that there is a way that we can hit that perfect number in a way that we would actually be able to be more comfortable with our finances. Okay. And it boils back to something that you and I talked about earlier, which is transparency. Yes. Like, yes. I, being able to talk about it. Being able to talk about it. If I go on social media and I see that you're taking all these great vacations, you always look fantastic and you dress like, you know, someone on Like New a million York. bucks. Yeah, you dress like a million bucks and you know that you do. Oh, are you like, talking about me personally? Of course I'm talking about you personally. Oh my God, laughing like that. Um, no, but seriously. I mean, But that comes from budgeting. It comes from budgeting. Yeah. But in my head on social media, you're seeing all these people. And there's no benchmark. 
right. these people that are taking these vacations, right. they could be making twenty grand a year. They could be making a hundred thousand dollars a year. You don't right. really know how you stack up against right. them. Right. Right. So f- it's constantly chasing this carrot of I don't know how much my peers are making, but I need to make more. I need to be as comfortable as they are. That's true. And the the irony as a social media major, and this is something that many of us, in regards of transparency, don't talk about, is the irony in regards of social media. It really is perception. So it's a facade. Totally so we're for to be honest, we're running a rat race. We're running on a treadmill that we have no, we see no end to. So budgeting is a, um, as you said, is a great way to start. Instead of running on a treadmill, finding a straight path to where you're more comfortable with how you are spending your finances to no longer trigger depression or anxiety or su- anxiety or suicidal thoughts. Another way that has helped me, I would definitely say, is outside of watching my spending habits. Even though I'm on Facebook and Instagram, which I am pretty often on a daily basis, limit the amount of time that I'm checking my accounts. You know, watch the subscriptions. A lot of us have subscriptions to Spotify or YouTube, making us feel like we always have to have or always have to be connected. So um, I think I did a couple subscriptions with Hulu, um, Netflix, I did Spotify, Amazon. Um, all these, and then I went into my iPhone subscriptions and I saw I had six or seven or 15 of them. I mean, they keep adding on and I start to lose track on when they expire, if they expire, how do I cancel? I even had a LinkedIn subscription. I mean, all of these things that are money that's being taken out of my, my account. So then when I log into the app, I'm like, when did that happen? Or how did that happen? Or mm-hmm. how long has this been going on? We need to start taking control of our finances so that we are, the ball's in our court and they're not in our pocket. You know, the, the con- we are the consumer, but as long as we keep giving them access to our finances, we're allowing those triggers to happen down to mental health because it's not just a group of people. This is everyone. These are our parents that are suffering. These are our next door neighbors, you know, people who look like they have a picture perfect life, but they're the same ones who commit crimes and kill their children and wives because they don't have enough money or something they lost their job that took such a turn and we see it though i i mean yeah we, we see it everything I've seen is it. about money these everything days. is and about that's money what's so depressing like people whose kids got shot in the streets are coming in saying that they want their money that they want the 200 bucks that their kid put away in their bank account days after this happened and it's just um, I mean, it's it's crazy. It, money does stuff to us because we always think that we need more. And I think that having transparency, like you and I were talking about, if I know what's in your 401k and we know what each other make, that makes the conversation much easier. It, it makes does. It, we can we bottle it all up right nobody knows about our finances right. but us so we're the only ones thinking about it we're the only quarterbacks for ourselves right but you need to have someone you need to You're start right. realizing that hey i'm not doing so bad in my life i'm right. taking the right steps i'm You're budgeting right right i'm still enjoying life like, right if- and we don't always have to have that stake to say we're, we're enjoying life sometimes we can just have a couple noodles and still say we're enjoying life noodles are delicious they are and to your point like you can budget and you can still live your life it's not going out and spending a hundred dollars on a steak it's maybe cooking a meal at home it's more relaxing it's therapeutic light a candle invite a friend over do things that's going to offset your spending that's going to help trigger positive feelings and emotions Mm -hmm. and people don't understand you know those those whole conversation is to get you to start thinking about how you feel at home with your finances if social media did not play a major part in regards of the perception you know start looking at different tools different apps 
different ways that you can even talking to your friends like um, Alex and I have talked about you know we've had some deep conversations about 401ks and we're young we're in our early 20s and 30s to where we're talking about 401ks but do you know how many of our peers don't have one mm-hmm. you know so but even the ones who don't have one they may not be as stressed as the, as the ones who do so we need to start having these conversations with our family and friends talk to your mom about where they want to be financially talk to your girlfriend talk to your boyfriend this is a powerful talk that can help all of us to limit the anxiety, the depression, because the goal is not to be stressed over the money that we make. It's to make the best with the money that we make. Ooh, I like that. <laughs> so, um, Alex, do you have any other things you want to talk about? Nothing else, but really, I, I would highly recommend reading the article, uh, Millennials, the Burnout Generation, by let me get her name up again. That was a great article. And uh, it actually... Anne Helen Peterson. If, if you somehow Helen listen Peterson. to this... Thank you. Um, no, it's an incredible article, and I would like to speak broadly about that at a certain point, just because it's something that I didn't realize how ingrained, like how much you and I worry about our finances. Yeah. It, it burns us out. It but how much do we out. talk? Not only do we work in this field, but how much do we talk about it? We talk about it it's, all the time. I know, <laughs> and it's not just because we're faced with it on a day to day basis. It's because it's our everyday life. It's our everyday lives, yeah. and so millennials, the burnout generation, give it a read. And I mean, hit Nicole up. I'm sure that she would love to get your perspectives. Yeah. Her, her entire program, her entire goal is just to start education education and knowing that you're not alone the main things to know you're not alone you're You're not the only one who's feeling what you feel about your finances we are all doing the best we can and that really is all we can do if you're not doing the best you can then i challenge you in 2019 it's still early at the beginning of the year to challenge yourself to start taking control over your finances you get an extra bonus pay off something you get some money someone gave to you pay something off just start taking control otherwise the catch is you will always be taking control of mm-hmm. they will always find a way to make profit over you so um, again, this is Nicole with Be More Savvy, and this is also my collabor- collaboration with Alex Medeus. Always a pleasure. So we will tune in again and have another podcast. And have yourselves a beautiful day. Thank you so much. Tune in. Have a good day.